0: Alright, welcome everybody. I'm so glad that you guys are here. I love you. I'm so glad that you're here at rise Church. My name's Pastor Matt. My name's not Pastor Matt. My name's Matt Wolf. I'm the pastor here and I love you and I love this church. Um, We're all about helping people follow Jesus, so whether you're joining online or in person, we want to do that because following Jesus is the path to the fullest life and the only path to eternal life. And we are now in week two of our Satan's Schemes series, and we're saying not today, Satan, right? Not today. Not today. Um, But I wanted to start out with a little game. Are you guys okay with that? Can we start out with a little game? Is that okay? Uh, Okay, well, good. Uh, We're going to do it anyways, even if you don't want to. We're playing a game called, is it real or is it counterfeit okay you guys ready for this real or counterfeit and I need you guys to guess need you guys to yell out whether this something is real or counterfeit so let's look at this first object this first item Donald Duck is this real or counterfeit who here thinks it's real yell if you think it's real okay who thinks it's a counterfeit This is real. Okay, one point for those who thinks this is a real. Okay, now let's look at this next object. Is that a real or counterfeit Mickey Mouse doll? Who in here thinks it's real? Who in here thinks it's a counterfeit? That is definitely a counterfeit. I don't know what you guys were smoking. Before you got here to church, I know it's legal in Colorado, but let's not do it before church. Okay, let's look at this third. <sighs> I'm just kidding. Okay, let's look at this Do you think this is a real or counterfeit uh, Yoda doll? Okay, who thinks this is real? Who thinks this is counterfeit? Yes, we are united in thinking that, that, Yona. And look at it's from the Star Wars years. Okay, let's look at this next one. What about this Superman action figure? Who thinks this is real? Real, okay, who thinks this is counterfeit? Let's look at the packaging and see if we can get some clues. Oh, it's special man. Yes, that one is counterfeit, yeah, got you. This one, I I think I could fool some of you guys. Do you think these are real or counterfeit Nike slides? (laughs) Okay, yeah, we all know those are counterfeit right there. Hey, they got the letters, they got the right letters on there. Okay, how about this next one? Okay, this nice sonic backpack. Who in here thinks this is real? Okay, can you read that? At the top it says Harry Potter, and on the side it says Obama. They were just like, let's put English names on there, and you know, nobody will notice, nobody will know the difference. Okay, it's not just uh, merchandise you purchase, but there are even locations that sometimes are hard to tell if this is real or counterfeit, like with restaurants. Is this a real McDonald's or a counterfeit? Who thinks this is a real McDonald's? Who thinks this is counterfeit? A few people will. This is actually a real McDonald's in Dallas, Texas. They do it a lot different in Texas, don't they, okay? Okay, and let's look at this next one. How about this (laughs) Kentucky? How about this KFG? Okay, Kentucky Fried Goat. I, I don't know what they're serving in there, but that is definitely a counterfeit. Okay, how about this next one? Which of these $20 bills is real or counterfeit? Okay, who in here thinks the top $20 bill is the real one? Who in here thinks the top one is? Now who thinks the bottom $20 bill is the real one? It is the top one, man. Yeah, these, these are hard to tell. Somebody asked me what the difference is and I said, I don't know. But it's that tricky sometimes, isn't it? Sometimes it's like totally obvious an Obama backpack with a sauna like Hedgehog, right? It's like obvious, but sometimes it's a little more subtle. How about with this statue? Is this a real Greek statue or a counterfeit? Who in here thinks this is real? people. Who in here thinks this is a counterfeit? Some of you guys are like, I'm not even voting because then I can't be wrong. This is a counterfeit. This is a counterfeit. Well, good job guys playing the game real or counterfeit at Arise Church Denver. Um, Yeah, sometimes it is so easy and obvious what's real and what's counterfeit, right? But sometimes it's incredibly unclear It's really difficult and challenging to tell what is real, what's the counterfeit. And with money especially, by one estimate, there is $3.4 billion in fake U.S. currency right now in the United States. Some of you are gonna look at some of the bills in your wallet because there are a lot of counterfeits out there. There's a lot of knockoffs. And we have to learn how to tell the difference because counterfeiting, distorting the truth, is one of the main schemes of Satan. And that's what we're gonna talk about today, how Satan takes the truth and distorts it. Sometimes you're like, oh, that's obvious, but sometimes it is so subtle that you have to be an expert, really, to tell the difference. So in this series, we're learning about Satan's schemes, that he operates in our world, that he is a real supernatural being. Jesus talked about him some 25 different times in the scriptures. He thought he was real, so you should too, just because you're modern, you are not smarter than Jesus, okay? Uh, And the greatest trick, as we learned last week, that the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he doesn't exist. So he would want you to think he's not real, but he is real. And he wants to, as we learned last week, deceive you. So that was week one. His first scheme is that he deceives us. He is the father of lies, as Jesus said. And lying is his native language. That's how he talks. And sometimes it's outright lies, but we also saw last week that there are some half truths. He'll give a half truth and then a half lie, and it's kind of hard to tell what's the truth. Sometimes he will um, give us false interpretations, bad interpretations of the truth. You're like, okay, he says the true thing, but then like, takes a piece of scripture, but then it, it distorts it through his um, bad interpretation. And sometimes he just blinds us from the truth. He doesn't want us to see us. He distracts us from it, or he blinds the minds of people. And we saw last week, and we learned that the only way to be set free from deception is through Jesus who sets us free free because he is the way the truth in the life knowing jesus sets you free it opens up your eyes to see the deceptions how you've deceived yourself how the world's deceiving you how satan is deceiving you and so last week we learned that is the way to fight that first scheme of the enemy and today it's very similar to deception but this deception i think is is unique in that he distorts the truth it's not always a lie sometimes there's some lies mixed in there too but sometimes it's like 98 percent of the truth and then that two percent that's false and that 2% is sometimes really difficult to see because it is a counterfeit. And so we're gonna learn today that Satan's second scheme is to distort. Um, <clears throat> so I wish I had said this last week. Sometimes like God like, really put something on my heart and he put it on this, my heart this week. And, and I was like, I, I, I spoke the truth last week, but sometimes I'm, I'm like, do people know that I love them and care for them? And I want you to know I love you guys. Okay, I am your pastor. And the word pastor means shepherd, meaning I care about you. God has given a flock that, that for a time, uh, hopefully it's a very long time, I- I'm in charge of this flock that he's given me and I care about you guys. I love you. So whenever I say some really hard truths, which I do, it's because I love you. I-, I care about you. And when we talk about sin, when we talk about deception, when we talk about the enemy, it's not to, to condemn you. It's not because I want to judge you. It's because I love you, Okay. Uh, we went on a hike this this weekend and, and Canaan was running and running and I could see there's a real muddy path uh, up ahead, just super deep mud. And I said, stop, stop, stop. And still he ran and got right in the mud, right? And sunk down into it and started crying. He's three and a half. Like, he's scared now that he's stuck in the mud. And, and I didn't yell at him to stop. And I yelled because he was far away, couldn't hear me. I didn't say stop, stop, stop because, because I'm like a mean dad. Like, don't go over there. We're not going to have fun today. I said it because I want to. Protect him. I love him and I care about him and I don't want him to have to have a really muddy foot that he's walking around for the rest of the hike getting blisters, right? And and even more so when it's not just mud that you might be running into, but maybe running off a cliff. And as your pastor, I love you. I care about you, and I will say hard things sometimes because I love you. You guys okay with that? Well, good. Well, some of you guys came back from last week. (laughs) But I love you. And, And today we're gonna talk about some more hard truths because we do have an enemy who wants to distort the truth from us so that we are led astray and destroyed. we're going to start today with 2 Corinthians chapter 11. This is kind of the main passage that we're going to refer to multiple times. We're going to start in verse 3. We actually looked at this verse last week, but I want to dive a little deeper into this passage. If you have your smartphone, you can have the Uversion Bible app. If you download that, on the bottom right-hand corner in that app, it says More. Click on that. In the center of the screen, it says Events. Click on that, you can find a Rise Church Denver. Every single week, you can see the scripture. Take notes. Save it on your phone. All that good stuff. See, see the resources that we link to for a series like this one so that you can learn and grow so let's read 2nd Corinthians eleven three 3 together the Apostle Paul says but I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning and the serpent of course was Satan your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ so Satan wants to deceive us he wants to distort the truth And it's possible that we too can be deceived and led astray. And in verse four, he continues. He says, for if someone comes to you and preaches a Jesus other than the Jesus we preached, this means people will use the name Jesus, but it's a different Jesus they're talking about. Or if you receive a different spirit from the spirit you received, so people will mess with the Holy Spirit or a different gospel from the one you accepted. That's the good news, the central core message of what we believe as Christians. People will take the gospel and they'll distort it. He says, you put up with it easily enough. He's chiding them. He's saying, you guys messed up here because there are people, he's saying, that are going around preaching, teaching about a Jesus who is not the real Jesus, about a Holy Spirit that is not the real Holy Spirit and about a gospel that is not the real gospel. Don't put up with it, he's saying. Don't put up with those different distortions that are out there. We need to know the truth. And I think one of the most powerful ways we can know the truth is when we know the actual real Jesus. Have you thought about this? Okay, when you know the real Jesus, you're gonna know the distortions a little bit better. So, our big idea, at least the first half of it, we'll get to the end of it in just a minute, but the first half is that the way Satan works is that God creates something and Satan counterfeits it. Pretty simple, right? God creates, Satan counterfeits. God created and sent his own son, Jesus, who taught the gospel. This is the way that we are saved through faith in Jesus Christ and in Jesus alone, what he did on the cross. That's the good news, the gospel. And the Holy Spirit he gave us, God sent his Holy Spirit. So God creates that, and then Satan counterfeits it. A different Jesus, a different spirit, a different gospel. It's just a distortion. And even these Christians in a church that Paul had helped form, he had already written them the first letter. Okay, this is the second Corinthians, if you didn't pick that up. He's already written a first letter, and still they are missing it. This counterfeit has led them astray. And he wants them to know the truth. So, uh, at the beginning, the the last image that I showed you guys was this statue, and this statue um, is actually uh, the the picture of a statue, if we can pull this up. This is a Greek kouros statue, uh, of which there are some 200 still in existence today in museums all around the world. And this statue was brought to the Getty Museum to be sold after it would be found by a private collector and, and sold by this art trader for just under $10 million. And the Getty Museum, they of course, they took a few years to study it and analyze this. Is it true? Is this real? Or, or is this a counterfeit? They did all sorts of scientific testing on it. They even took a core, a tiny little like sample out of this. They took the core and they tested it, and they found that it was made out of dolomite marble, which is what all these statues were originally made from. And the the marble that they got was actually from the same quarry on the island that all the other statues had gotten their marble. And what made it even more convincing was that it had this layer of calcite. And, And that's what happens to marble after it has sat out of a quarry for hundreds of years. So the first several experts who looked at this over a few years of testing, they said this is a real statue. But then there was an art expert named Evelyn Harrison and she came to inspect this statue for the first time and immediately she knew it wasn't real. She didn't run any tests, she just could tell by looking at it. They asked her why and she said I don't know but she asked them like have have you paid for this? And they're like, well, it's still in process. She said, don't. And if you paid, get your money back because this is a counterfeit. And later on, she was proved to be right. And what's amazing is that this, this was a fake statue and they had taken mold from a potato to put it on the marble and make it look that old. Crazy, huh? It was that close. It was that hard. Even some of the greatest experts in the world couldn't tell, but she could know immediately. How did she know? because she knew the real thing. She was an expert in Greek art, and she knew exactly what these statues were like, and she could take one look at it, and she could tell that this was not a real statue. This was a counterfeit. So what I really hope, not just today, but over the course of your lifetime, you will get to know Jesus better. You will understand the Holy Spirit who lives inside of you. And you will know the gospel inside and out, so you can smell the counterfeit from a mile away. So that's what I really hope. Because the more you know Jesus, you know more, you're gonna realize immediately that's ain't that ain't Jesus. That's different. That's not what the scriptures say. That is different. So we've got to learn to spot the counterfeits, but it takes a lifetime. It takes years and decades. It is very easy to be deceived, and that's why I said the thing about like I love you, because some of you in here have been deceived by a different Jesus, a different gospel, a different spirit, and I want to free you from that because I love you. And I too have had those moments in my life. I remember one time in college, my dad was like, that ain't right. And I was like, what? I defended myself, argued, and then I realized, wow, I was an idiot, I was deceived. By that book, by that author that was a Christian, right? So we can be led astray by the counterfeits and I want to protect you from that because I love you and I want you to see the truth And, and this story about this statue, it was made famous by Malcolm Gladwell in his book Blink because he talks about the more you become an expert in something, in a blink you can know the truth from the counterfeit. So that's what I'm hoping for all of us as we follow Jesus. So, how does Satan distort the truth? How does he make counterfeits? So, I'm going to talk about three different ways that Satan counterfeits today. And there may be more than these three, but these are three broad categories. And the first one that God creates and Satan counterfeits, religions. There are counterfeit religions out there that look and feel a lot like biblical Christianity, but they are fake. They are not real. They will lead you astray, and they are attempts by Satan to destroy you. Counterfeit religions. So in this passage of 2 Corinthians 11, if you jump down, Paul kind of talks about, hey, there's these preachers. They even call themselves apostles, that they're preaching this stuff that's different. And in verse 13, he says, for such people are false apostles, deceitful workers, masquerading as apostles of Christ. This means there are people who teach things about the name of Jesus, about Christ, that are false. You guys hear me on this? Not everyone who who claims to be teaching Christianity is actually teaching Christianity. There are counterfeits out there. There are counterfeits out there that are leading many hundreds, millions, maybe billions of people astray. These counterfeit religions. And if you keep going, it's not just these people. In verse 14, Paul says, And no wonder, for Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. Verse 15, It is not surprising then if his servants also masquerade as servants of righteousness. Their end will be what their actions deserve. Satan was a created being, a supernatural being, an angel. And when he fell from heaven... Perhaps a third of the angels went with him, which we call demons. But Jesus himself referred to them all as angels. They're the same type of supernatural beings. And if Satan pretends to be an angel of light, an angel of good, an angel of righteousness belonging to God, if Satan pretends that way, he's a counterfeit angel in a sense, those who work for him will do the same. They're masquerade counterfeit agents of righteousness. You guys understand what I'm saying here? This means there are people who will teach even from the Bible. Or they'll take out some sections of the Bible because they're like, oh, I don't know about that book or that section, or we don't need the Old Testament. Or more likely, they'll add some books to it. This is good, but there's some fuller revelation that we must have in order to fully understand who Jesus is. Watch out! It might sound very righteous and religious, In in fact, can we jump ahead, Jess, to to 1 Timothy? In 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, it says, For the Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits, demons, and things taught by demons. Such teachings come through hypocritical liars whose consciences have been seared as with a hot iron. There are people that are being taught, even demons themselves that are teaching and leading people astray. Now, now, jump back to 1 Corinthians eleven, fifteen. 15. You know, it says that Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light, and his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness. I, I have to say this because I love you. Do you know how Muhammad got the Quran? He was in a cave, and an angel dictated to him a new scripture called the Quran. Do you know how Joseph Smith got the Book of Mormon? The angel Moroni came to him and gave him some golden plates. Seventh-day Adventism. Ellen G. White communicated with angels and formed this new branch, this break-off of Christianity. There's always angels at the beginning, but are they real angels or are they counterfeit? I'm just going to put that out there for you guys. And you might be like, well, hey, but they're really good people. They do a lot of good things for the world. Of, Of course they're good. It's agents of righteousness masquerading. And I tell you this because what happens with all these alternatives to Christianity that are adding to Christianity, are like Christianity didn't quite get it right, let's add some stuff, let's do this. They'll make extra rules so that you can be more righteousness. This is what you can eat, this is what you can't eat, this is who you can marry, you better marry, you better have a lot of kids. They'll make all these extra rules so it's more righteous, more righteous. Do you know what they're doing? They're distorting the gospel of Jesus. Because the gospel says it is not by doing good works that you're saved. He saved us not by our righteousness, Titus 3, 5 says. People want to distort the gospel and so many religions have been birthed to give you more rules because if you don't follow the rules, you're not good enough and you can't go to heaven. And the real Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. That's the gospel. You are saved by grace through faith and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And all these other religions out there, add rules, add extra stuff, and then maybe, maybe you'll be good enough. And that will destroy a person because you compare yourselves to each other and you're like, man, I'm not as good as that person. I haven't tithed as much as that person. I'm not as faithful at going to church as that person. Man, I'm going to hell. And if you go to these other religions, that's what they'll tell you. They're like, yeah, you better tithe more, better give more, better do more good, and then maybe you'll get in. That'll ruin a person. It's exactly what Satan wants to happen to you. And if you're like, but, but they're, they're good people, they're, they're really nice, they're really nice. Do you know who else is nice? The guy in the unmarked van handing out kids to kid, candy to kids, okay? Might be super nice but you're not gonna let your kids go play around that van, are you? No, same thing, I care about you. They're nice people, They're, I love people. My wife grew up in Utah, some of our closest friends are Mormon. We love them. We love people that are um, Muslim. We love people from different faiths and religions. We're kind to them, we don't hate them, we're not mean to them, but we pray for them and love them because we want them to know the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because he can shine into the darkness and open up eyes. That's why even right now, our church is supporting a church plant in Salt Lake City, Utah. Because we want those people to know that Jesus is real, that he loves them, and that he is the way. You don't have to do all this extra religious stuff to get into heaven. You just need Jesus. That'll set you free. So this is the first thing that happens, counterfeit religion. And yes, we are commanded to test these different religions. Did you know that? In 1 John 4, 1, John writes, dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Test these spirits. Test me, guys. If I teach you something and you're like, that doesn't sit right, look it up in the scriptures. See if it's true. We should always test everything. Test the spirits to see if it actually is from God. The first thing we need to realize is that Satan creates, he he counterfeits religions, counterfeits religions. The second thing, to make it even more insidious, if that wasn't enough, is that Satan counterfeits Christians. Ooh, He counterfeits Christians. If he can't get you out of the Christian faith into another religion, he'll just put fake Christians around you to make you hate Christianity and the church. Look what Jesus teaches in Matthew chapter 13. Verse 24, he tells this parable. He says, Jesus told him another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. Once again, Jesus explains this parable. Look a little later, verse 37. Jesus answered, the one who sowed the good seed is the son of man, that's Jesus, planting good seed in people's hearts. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one. The enemy who sows them is the devil. This means growing up right next to each other are Christians and counterfeit Christians. And actually, the point of this story is that we shouldn't go out and try to uproot the counterfeit Christians, because you might uproot some good stuff, too. When we try to kick people out of church because, oh, they're, they're a bad person, they're a sinner, they're evil. If we, we try to separate this denomination is good, this denomination is bad. When we try to do that kind of stuff, we can mess up everything. But what we do need to realize is that there are counterfeit Christians among us. Yes, among us. And if you're like, well, why'd you let them in? Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 6. In, in John chapter 6, can we, can we jump to that? At the very end of this chapter, it says, Then Jesus replied, Have I not chosen you, the twelve? He chose twelve disciples. He handpicked twelve guys. Yet one of you is a devil. And he meant Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, who, though one of the twelve, was later to betray him. Even Jesus had a counterfeit Christian among him. So if Jesus can't protect from all of that, like... There's no way I can. I try, right? We try to, to make sure that people that become members of our church are true, genuine believers, but it's gonna happen. And, and I say this, what we need to learn from this is that there are Christians, there are pastors and priests, there are, it seems like, entire churches, and they do some evil stuff. You know it, it's all over the news. There are, there are churches, like the one that shall not be named in Kansas, that goes to picket the, the, the funerals of our military servicemen with signs that say God hates fags. That's evil. There are counterfeit Christians in the world. And I say this in, in some ways to warn you, but also to tell you, don't write off Christians, don't write off the church, don't write off pastors because there are some really bad ones. Because they might just be counterfeit Christians planted there by Satan himself. We've all been hurt by Christians and by pastors. And sometimes they're just imperfect, and and I'm imperfect. Our church is imperfect. We're gonna let you down at one point, I promise. But but I say this because some people swear off Christianity or going to church because of a bad church or a bad pastor or a bad Christian that was a hypocrite. They might have just been an agent of Satan. And you don't swear off Disney because you get some bad merchandise. You don't give up on US currency because you get a counterfeit $20 bill, (laughs) right? It's like, no more money for me, I'm going off the grid. Like, no, okay? You know, it's a counterfeit. So don't swear off Christianity, don't swear off the church, and definitely don't swear off Jesus because of some demon Christians that are counterfeit. Our faith shouldn't be in a Christian or a pastor or a church anyways, it's in Jesus. We follow Jesus and him alone. He's the only one who's perfect. He's the only righteous one. He is the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And we are imperfect. Look to Jesus. Because there are counterfeit Christians among us and it can lead so many people astray. So if Satan can't uh, get you out of Christianity, if he can't get you out of the church, he's coming right for your heart and your mind. And that's the third thing he does, is he becomes a counterfeit judge. A counterfeit judge who comes in, strikes the gavel and says, guilty, sinner, evil, terrible person, bad Christian, you're going to hell. Ever heard that voice? It ain't God. Satan. There's this fascinating section in Zechariah chapter 3. It says, then he showed me Joshua the high priest. So Joshua's the high priest. Zechariah sees this vision, standing before the angel of the Lord and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. So here's God. Here, I'm sorry, here's an angel. Here's Satan. And Satan is accusing Joshua the high priest of being a sinner. But then the Lord said to Satan, the Lord rebuke you, Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this man a burning stick snatched from the fire? He has been saved from the flames of hell. And he goes on, if we can get the next slide, and he goes on to say, now Joshua was dressed in filthy rags as he stood before the angel. He is a sinner, that means. He's filthy. Even as the high priest, he had sin in his life. He was imperfect. And as he stood before the angel, the angel said to those who were standing before him, take off his filthy clothes. Then he said to Joshua, see, I have taken away your sin and I will put fine garments on you. See, God himself is saying, forgiven. I'm taking away the old nature. I'm putting on a new one. Satan, who is the accuser, doesn't get the last word. He isn't the judge. There's only one judge and his name is Jesus Christ. And every human being, every single one will stand before the judgment seat of Christ at the end and give an account for everything we've done. And Satan is the accuser. He will say, you did this, you did that. He'll bring back to mind some things that you did decades ago when you were a kid, when you were a teenager, that you're ashamed of. You've ever had those thoughts at night? That's what Satan is doing. The name Satan in Hebrew can be translated as the accuser. The name devil in Greek can be translated as the slanderer. That's what he does. He accuses, he slanders, he's this bad judge and he will condemn you every single time. Sometimes for things you haven't even done. Sometimes for things that aren't even bad. Who cares about what food you eat, right? But he'll condemn you, condemn you, condemn you and if you listen to that counterfeit judge, it will destroy you. We need to listen to the words of Jesus himself who when we come to him in faith are forgiven and set free. We're given new clothes. The old filthy rags are taken away from us. They're burned and our father in heaven remembers our sins no more. That's good news. And if God doesn't remember, why are we still remembering these things? Because Satan wants to accuse you again and again and again, even for things you've been forgiven for. Like how many times do I need to ask for forgiveness for this thing? Once, like you're forgiven. In fact, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for our sins once for all. That means your past, present, and future sins are atoned for if you have faith in Jesus Christ. That's good news. Don't listen to the bad judge, to Satan, the accuser. Listen to the words of Jesus. And this means some of us need to just learn the voice of our Father in heaven. We need to learn the voice of Jesus. Jesus says, my sheep will know my voice and they will listen to me. My sheep know my voice. So some of you need to learn to to know the difference between the Holy Spirit and Satan. Because the Spirit will speak to you and convict you. God convicts me, he convicted me this week of something. You need to stop that behavior, you need to start doing this thing. The Spirit will convict you, but Satan will condemn you. The, The Spirit will discipline you. You should stop doing that, what are you doing? Sometimes it hurts, right, discipline hurts. The spirit will discipline you, but Satan will damn you. And the spirit will wound you sometimes in order to help you get better. It's surgery. But Satan will wear you down till you either destroy yourself or you're destroyed. I know that there are people who have taken their life because they've listened to the voice of the enemy too much. You're no good. You're a terrible mom. You're a terrible child. What are you doing? You're a bad person. You are going to hell. You can't ever make it right for what you've done. And they listen to that voice enough till they are destroyed. Don't listen to the counterfeit judge because our father in heaven says, I love you. You are my child. I have chosen you. I have accepted you no matter what you've done. I love you. Listen to that voice. Let's not listen to the counterfeit judge. Because here's the good news. God creates, Satan counterfeits, and Jesus conquers. You guys hear me? Jesus conquers. He conquers. Jesus died on the cross in your place. Though he was sinless, he took your sin upon himself. So he was condemned when you deserve it. Because you'll hear that voice. You, You deserve punishment for this. You do. Jesus took it. You hear the voice saying, you should be condemned, you should go to hell. Well, Jesus was condemned and experienced hell on the cross for you. And that's why we must stand in our salvation. In Ephesians six eleven, that powerful passage on, on spiritual warfare, it says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. And what do you put on? Last week we said the first thing you put on is the belt of truth. Well, you've got to know the truth. You've got to know Jesus and his truth. But then in verse 14, the very next thing it says is to put on, if we can look at verse 14, it says uh, to, to put on the breastplate of righteousness. This armor, do you know what a breastplate covers? Your heart. Because the enemy's coming after your heart, so you feel condemned. You feel awful, that you're not good enough. And you need that breastplate on to protect your heart. And then one of the last things it says in verse 17 to put on is the helmet of salvation. Where does the helmet protect? Your mind, your brain. You need to know you're saved. And if I know I'm saved and Jesus has saved me, Satan can't take that away. He can't snatch me out of the Father's hand because I am protected. I am saved. I can't lose that. And that will protect your mind from the attacks of Satan because he wants to destroy you through his distortions. And we've gotta hear the voice of Jesus in Romans 8, 1. Some of you guys gotta memorize this verse. Everybody's gotta memorize this verse. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Satan says condemned, we say no. No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I am forgiven, I am set free. I can't even take away my salvation. I'm forgiven. I'm a child of God. God creates, Satan counterfeits, Jesus conquers. And that's why in 1 John, John would write, in chapter 3, he said, the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the devil's work. And in chapter 4, verse 4, he says, you children are from God and have overcome the false prophets because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit is inside of you and you have a greater power than all the counterfeit evil that's out there. Stronger than Satan's worst, most wily schemes. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And because Jesus conquered, you conquer too. You are an overcomer. You can stand in the victory of Jesus Christ. God creates Satan counterfeits and Jesus conquers. And I wanna be on the winning team, right? Well, I know that that voice is really powerful. It's powerful sometimes for me too. I'll tell you about an instance a couple weeks ago, if you come back next week, that I was dealing with. The voice of the enemy is strong, it's powerful. It can make you hate yourself. We can't listen to it. And there's this really old hymn from 1837 that has a super powerful chorus, And I wanted us to sing it together because I want this to be your chorus this week that you're singing to yourself. It says, what though the vile accuser roar of sins that I had done, it says, I know them well and thousands more, my God, he knoweth none. So we're gonna sing that together. Let's do it. Thank you for conquering over the devil and his works that no scheme can come against us the greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world and we stand in that gloriously complete we stand faultless before the throne because you have declared us innocent forgiven justified Lord and we claim that truth today and we stand in it and we will stand against the enemy's counterfeits and distortions because you have set us free in your truth. Help us walk in that truth every day. And the next time that accuser comes, Lord, help us stand in you and listen to your voice. Now with eyes closed, I wanna tell you that, that some of you maybe have heard this message for the first time. Maybe you've come from one of these counterfeit religions and maybe you realize you need the true Jesus. The Jesus who doesn't condemn you or make you feel guilty, but declares you forgiven and set free. And if you're here today and you know that you need that, you've got to accept his gift of forgiveness that was purchased for you on the cross. It's free. You don't have to do anything for it. All you have to do is call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved forever. So I wanna give you the opportunity right now to respond with a simple prayer. So if you're already a follower of Jesus, say this prayer out loud to give courage to somebody around you who needs to pray it for the first time. Please repeat after me. Dear God, I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Save me, forgive me. In faith I declare, Jesus is Lord. Fill me with your spirit. Give me the gift of eternal life. Declare me righteous. And help me to follow you for the rest of my life. Now with eyes closed. If you said that prayer for the first time and meant it, if Jesus today for the first time is your Lord and Savior, we want to celebrate you with you. So we want you to put your hand in the air on the count of three, and we'll come around and we're gonna give you a gift so you can hold that hand up high. So, so nobody's looking around, but on the count of three, one, two, three, put your hand high in the air if you made that decision today. I see a hand in the back. Let's celebrate with that person who made the decision back here. Hold your hand up and keep it up if you made that decision. Lord Jesus, we stand with those who make a decision to follow you. We are gloriously complete. We are forgiven. We are set free. We are saying, not today, Satan, not ever, because we are safe in your hands. And we know that you love us. We are your children, and you have saved us. And we are grateful for that. In Jesus' name, amen.